Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Paul Wadlington, senior writer of InsideTexas.com and columnist. Uh, Paul and I join each Saturday morning to have what we call a Saturday conversation. How you doing today, Paul? I'm doing well. You know, as a kid, Bobby, I used to get up early in the morning and grab my cereal and watch cartoons because that was uh, that was the only time you could watch cartoons was on a Saturday morning. Uh, that's not no longer the case. So hopefully people can treat this as their Saturday morning cartoons like when they were a kid. This is their little gift. Saturday mornings for me were cartoons and pro wrestling. Pro wrestling. <laughs> on air. That was a, I still remember Mattress Mac commercials going on during during the uh, pro wrestling uh, stuff back in the, and that's got to be in the 1970s. So, hey. I, I, I distinctly remember getting in a physical altercation in third grade because I was rooting for the Thunderbirds <laughs> over LeVon Eriks. And this was not acceptable to the other kids in third grade. I, I like the heels. That sounds like sacrilege in Dallas, by the way. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> hey, I uh, got to say this, Paul. Uh, we're going to talk Longhorn football today. Uh, excited to do that. Uh, what we want to try to do, you and I talked before the program. We want to rank positions of need for the Longhorns in the 2024 recruiting class. So not necessarily individual players, but the actual positions of need. Um, and, you know, I want to start with one uh, and get going into it. Uh, you ready to do it? I'm ready. I, I, I did want to launch a, a non-related fun fact on you to begin this segment. To put things in context, so I'm knee-deep in the research and writing of the Thinking Texas Football Preview, the 11th annual, Bobby. Can you believe it? Uh, and that'll be coming out around July 10th, give or take. So thanks for y'all who have asked and sent me private messages and stuff. Uh, but one of these interesting factoids, Bobby, is this. When Texas and OU depart for the SEC in 2024, what Big 12 team will have the biggest stadium capacity? Iowa State? BYU. BYU, you got it. And you know the, the number of that, the, the attendant, the, the capacity of that stadium is 63,470. That will be the largest stadium capacity in the Big 12. That stadium capacity, Bobby, would rank 13th in the 2024 SEC. I, Put things look, in context. There's, there's no doubt that Texas is getting ready to be amped up. Uh, and it's a, it's a tougher league. Uh, it's a more uh, passionate league, to be quite honest, uh, with more, more eyeballs on it. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why we're we're talking a little bit about and mixing in SEC stuff as we discuss this, uh, as we discuss the Longhorns and have been doing it for the last year, year and a half. All right, uh, let's get to doing this. And that was a good nugget there, Paul. Um, talk about play, positions of need. You and I agreed we're going to go bottom, top, or bottom to top. Okay. So checking it at number nine is linebacker. The Longhorns took four or five last year, true linebackers. One may be an edge or two even may be an edge. But we really think they were trying to fill that linebacker need. Because of that, right now, they have no commitments at linebacker. They only brought one in for an official visit in June and didn't really follow up asking for a commitment. Yeah, I, I think that tells you a lot, doesn't it? I mean, I think obviously the size of the class in uh, 2022 also – uh, it looks like Anthony Hill is a hit <laughs> at that position, to, to put it mildly. So I think that's that's you add some context there. 
And then I just think that there might be, I don't think there's a, a dearth of good linebackers necessarily in state, but I don't think they saw anyone. They're like, Hey, irrespective of the board, here's a blue chip. We have to go get, it doesn't matter. Uh, well, I, so- I think there may be one. I think there may be one, but he wants to go to Georgia or Oregon. That's, That's it. We've done it. That person's board. We, we're not going to spend the capital to try to fight in and be third on his on his you know hat signing uh, little game. So I think that's the issue. The other issue, Bobby, and I think we're going to have to consider this because we talk about recruiting almost in a vacuum sometimes as as high school seniors, right? Our linebackers, often quality linebackers, generally available in the portal. And the answer is yes. So I think that shades your recruiting as well a little bit, in addition to just looking at your pure homegrown class needs. Yep, that makes sense. That, that definitely makes sense. Checking in at number eight is no surprise coming off of uh, Arch Manning's uh, commitment a year ago. Malik Murphy still uh, uh, in, in uh, Austin right now and, and getting more and more reps and getting better and better, as we saw in the spring game. And then Quinn Ewers. So Texas didn't need to go out and hit a home run. Uh, they, they, they got Cy Fair's Trey Owens, who I think has one of the livest arms in the country, a good player, uh, but it wasn't this huge outgoing need, even though Steve Sarkeesian has said he wants to get at least one quarterback in every class. Yeah, he's right. You got to take a quarterback in every class. Also, I think the days of quarterbacks sitting around waiting for their shot Maybe numbered, and I'm, it's sad to say that because there's been so many great stories written in college football. Cardell Jones, for God's sake, Bobby, a third stringer, you know, it was imp, you know, it was absolutely imp, you know uh, essential in Ohio State winning a national title. So uh, right now, Texas is should be very excited about their quarterback room. That can change and dissipate, uh, particularly with the portal and all that kind of stuff. You got to take a guy every year. Trey Owens sounds like a good fit for what Texas wants to do. Sark liked him, so I like him. Yeah, can throw outside the hashes for sure. Uh, Matt Jones is another one of those guys that stayed and waited his turn. Sark yep. turned him into, uh, you know, college football's best player that year in a first-round draft pick. All right, number seven, Paul. You and I debated on this one a little bit because we could have flip-flopped it with a couple others because there's a need for not just top-tier guys, but also depth, right? It's not... There's five starters on the offensive line. So literally, literally, you could put that number one every year because there's more starters at that position than any other. Uh, that being said, Texas does have a good start at depth right now. Uh, they perhaps needed a center, which they got in Dan- Daniel Cruz, and they need some guards and tackles as well. Tackle in particular looking like it's going to be tough right now, although they have some inroads. Um why did why did you I know why I put them there. Why did you put offensive line at that same level? We kind of come to that decision in your your opinion. So again, this is a ranking of 2024, not the global importance of the position in a vacuum, right? So that you and I believe Texas will will be able to thrive in the SEC largely on the strength of their offensive line and the quality of that recruiting. It's an essential position. Here's the reality, Bobby. 2022, we took seven guys. And a bunch of them were blue chippers. Uh, and In fact, it looks like the hit rate on that class is going to be exceptional. Last year, Texas took five guys. A couple of them were blue chippers. Three of them probably were more developmental in nature. Each one has an interesting story. That's 12 guys in two years, Bobby. 
I think Texas could get away with, probably doesn't prefer to, but could get away with three guys in this class if it's the right three. And I think they've got two of the right three already in. Uh, the third needs to be a tackle, and he probably needs to be a blue chip if you're going to do a three-man class. Otherwise, it's going to be a four-man class. I, I don't think Texas is going to have trouble securing guys they like. The battle's going to be for those real blue chippers at the very top. Uh, I think, you know, the guy from California obviously is, is top of the list. And you just got to get an elite tackle or a guy you really love at tackle in every class, at least one. Uh, you're, you're mentioning you're mentioning Brandon Baker. They're also still in it, although they think that that it's going to be tough uh, with Daniel Calhoun, who they see as a tackle. Georgia yeah. apparently likes him more as a guard. But uh, it, it's interesting right now where that's going. All right, uh, number six, and this is interesting to me. We came to the conclusion running back. Even though Texas has two running backs, are they, are we sure they like everybody they have on campus right now at running back beyond Jonathan Brooks and beyond um, uh, Cedric Baxter? Jaden Blue showed a little bit. Savion Red showed a little bit. But are they really A-plus guys? And that's why we moved running back ahead of offensive line here. Well, it's fitting that a guy named Choice has refined tastes, right, Bobby? <laughs> uh, Deshar Choice has a very specific idea of what he wants in the position, and he'll bypass these highly touted guys in the state of Texas to go get the guy that he likes, whether that guy's in Arizona or Florida or wherever else. Uh, he, that's his mindset. And I got to say that a guy like that is not going to be compromising once you get on campus. So if you're reading between the lines here, folks, it means one thing is on the, the Texas side, the coaching side, uh, he's going to have high standards for this room and this group. And if you don't meet them, you might get a bus ticket out. Uh, <laughs> the other side, running backs, they don't like to sit around watching other dudes excel. Uh, you could be a very talented third or fourth string guy, and you're not going to sit and bide your time in the time of NIL when you've got a major FBS program saying, not only do we want you, you're going to be our starting running back. That guy is just not going to stick around. And in my experience, Bobby, the fourth string running back, your 11th wide receiver, deep in their heart, they believe that if coach had just played them in that last game, they would have made the difference. No. And it doesn't matter how they practice that week either. You kind of want them to, to feel that way in some ways, but overconfidence can be difficult to, to overcome sometimes as well. Hey, um, before we get to number five and do the rest of the top, top five here, I want you to say thank you, please, to our sponsor, Gabe Winslow. Well, we're headed to number four here, Bobby, but number one in your heart and your head is Gabe Winslow. Bobby always winces at my mortgage, my promos. I try to make them as cheesy as possible. I'm trying to get that reaction. So another Saturday success. I'll chalk that up as a W. Hey, contact Gabe Winslow, 832-557-1095. The guy, all joking aside, is remarkable at what he does. I swear to God, Bobby, he must have all the amortization tables on the in the world memorized in his head. He is sharp as a tack. He's got a law degree. He's been in the industry for over 20 years. And if you go and, and look at the, uh, whether in the YouTube comments or on Inside Texas, seems like every week we have another satisfied customer who reached out to Gabe. So we want to thank him and we want to thank all of you for supporting him, for supporting us. Uh, you show us all how to do those uh, uh, advertisements, I think, for sure, Paul. Hey, we're actually at number five, uh, tight end. You know, this is one I, you and I both are like, look, people need to understand how integral this position is to what Sark wants to do on offense. 
yes, they've got some numbers, but if JT Sanders leads, they've got a void there um, from the pass catching uh, standpoint, in my opinion. Uh, yours as well? Bobby, there's name depth and then there's dude depth. Texas needs dude depth. And what I mean by that is all through the Tom Herman era, I had to suffer through our 17-man wide receiver room and people in previews writing, Texas has excellent depth. And it's like, no, there's 17 names on our roster eating up space. We've got seven too many dudes. And we've only got one dude and a half on the entire uh, group. So Jatavian Sanders is a dude. Gunnar Helm, I think, is a capable compliment. I think we've got numbers behind them, as you said. Texas needs a dude. And, and he needs to be a guy that can change how the de defense views our offense. You know, everything needs to be a mismatch. Your safety's too small. Your linebacker's too slow. That's the kind of tight end we need. And I think Texas has a chance of landing that guy. We'll wait and see. All right. Going up to number four, Edge. Um. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm, I'm reluctant to use the same reasoning you just did uh, and say Texas needs a dude at edge. They have a very good player right now in Baron Sorrell who seems to just continue to get better. He's like the, the guy that starts off as a young Colton and then uh, you know, matures into this thoroughbred of a player, but he's still one of those guys that didn't come out of the gate running, uh, you know, first team type guy. Colin Simmons thereafter, Zena Umiozulu thereafter, Danny Okoye out of uh, Tulsa as well. They're after some of those guys. From a need perspective, they have some young guys, but only one of them really, and that's Ethan Burke as of right now, seems to be maturing. Um, Justice Finkley got some time as a freshman, but he seems to have gotten uh, beat out a little bit by Ethan Burke this spring. So where are the young guys behind him coming? You know, and so I feel strongly that edge is a top four need for this team. A hundred percent. Yeah, they need a guy and they need Colin Simmons. And, and behind him, my personal ranking is Okoye, uh, just because I love the rawness and, and what you what he could be. It doesn't require a lot of projection. And then I think Omazulu is... Uh, very interesting. Uh, the fact that he's going to play linebacker this year is, is fascinating to me. It speaks to his versatility. Uh, but yeah, Texas has got to get dudes here. The question is how many, uh, how many would Texas take? If it's the guys they want, would they take as many as three, Bobby? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they think they need numbers. They're not sure after Ethan Burke that they got anybody for sure. Hmm. That's, that's the real, real reality because last year's class, 
They're waiting to see. Vosick came in and did well. But, you know, is he going to continue to grow? Is he going to continue to mature? They're, outside of, of Ethan Burke right now, you know, they're looking around saying, okay, somebody's got to step up. Um, and that's where these young guys could, could make a real impact. Similarly, now this top three are real interesting in the order of which, right? Wide receiver. We know that four of them could be leaving. Uh, three of them would be Jordan, Jordan Whittington, uh, obviously. Uh, then uh, Xavier Worthy is a junior to be, but he's, he can go pro. A.D. Mitchell, junior to be, he can be go pro as well. And then Isaiah Nayor, depending on how he's, his knee rehabs and looks, he could go pro. Mm -hmm. Given that Texas really signed only three last year, and that's Ryan Niblett, uh, Jonte Cook, and DeAndre Moore, Brennan Thompson has already moved, or has already transferred, and Savion Red, the other receiver from that class, uh, from the 2022 class, has moved to running back. Depth at receiver all of a sudden, you know, you're looking at it and go, wow, they need some numbers here. Yeah, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, in, in direct contrast to his predecessor, he likes to keep a light wide receiver room. And actually, I prefer Sark's approach, but you're always dancing on the ice a little bit with that approach, right? You're always thinking like, oh, holy cow, if we lose three dudes this year, four dudes potentially with Nayor, uh, what are we going to do? I, I vastly prefer that because of something we, we referenced a little earlier, the portal. There are always good wide receiver options in the portal. Uh, you can pitch them the opportunity. You can tell them the story. I think the Texas quarterback room has a story. The offensive line has a story. Sark is a quarterback developer. Uh, we just saw Florida State, a pretty good Florida State team, fortify their roster late by grabbing Keon Coleman, the wide receiver from Michigan State. He was good enough to get real minutes playing for Tom Izzo on the basketball team. He was, he was their starter second best receiver last year. And that, that other guy went to the NFL. Uh, he is an NFL player. He's 6'3", 215. He's going to pair up with Wilson on the outside. And suddenly Florida State's got one of the best receiving crews in, in the nation. So the portal can always provide. I know also Sark wants homegrown guys. So this is absolutely imperative. They got to hit on their guys. Uh, the Wingo interest of late is very intriguing to me. Uh, because I love that guy's film. I, I, I always love the raw guy uh, that you can project and you can see what he will be. Um, and sometimes I'm not as high on the guy who's been refined and polished and he's had a personal trainer since fourth grade because they can top out as a sophomore in college, right? Uh, so I'm, I'm very curious. What do you think? What do you think the numbers are here? And is it contingent on quality? Well, from talking to, to those uh, in the know, uh, Texas is looking to take four. How they get to that four, to your point, is of note. They're, they're at, uh, uh, I believe, one commitment right now. If Parker Livingstone announces later today uh, for Texas, that would give them two. Uh, then they're looking for two more. Now, one, they want another high school guy. The second one may come from the portal if they don't get back in with Micah Hudson mm -hmm. or another senior riser doesn't come out. Uh, the other thing I would say to you as it relates to wide receiver that that is, that is interesting as it relates to Wingo in particular, you're talking about a guy 6'2", 200 plus, like official height, like not not just a guy that ran 10'5". That's a big receiver. That's NFL kind of guy that ends up looking like A.J. Brown. No doubt. That, that's Those are those kind of big guys that you just look at and you go – they're not, they're not supposed, people aren't supposed to look that good 
uh, at that age. All right, uh, let's yeah, move well, forward. Yeah, add two quick things on that. That's the new breed of receiver. It's the guy who's not only big and fast, you can't tackle him once he's got the ball. Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, these guys are 225 and jacked. Uh, that dude at the college level is not fair. And then uh, just a quick addition, wide receiver as much as any position, Bobby, they do have these senior late bloomers who didn't play football until they were junior. They blew out their knee, and, and they don't show out till their senior year. Texas usually does not get those guys because we tend to grab our class before that happens. But you see teams like TCU, Oklahoma State grab those guys all the time, and they turn into very good college players. Another thing about the portal, TCU grabbed two good ones. J.P. Richardson from Oklahoma State transferred in. Uh, highly productive. Not necessarily going to take the top off of a defense, but highly productive, available. JoJo Earl comes in from Alabama to TCU. You know, good good prospect. It'll be interesting. I, I think, to your point, receiver is available in the portal. Uh, A.D. Mitchell, obviously, proof of that for the Longhorns as well. Number two, defensive back. Look, you and I know it. They graduate a lot. They're, they're, they're best players now other than Terrence Brooks. They're all older. I mean, that's that's just the reality of it. And they've got five. It's again defensive backs. Now you start five with the nickel or star position. You start five. Four of them could could potentially leave in a year. So, your thoughts? Uh, I want to be as greedy as possible at this position. Uh, so, so my limiter, my governor on this position, is them saying no, not us saying no. And what I mean by that is when some of those stars start to look at the commitments and they start to realize, well, they, they've got four cornerbacks that are, you know, that are elite guys. I don't know if Texas is where I'm going. I'm, going, I'm taking my talents to LSU. That's fine. I would rather be them saying no at that point than us saying no. I, I would take as many of these high-level guys as I possibly can and, and just stock the roster. Because truthfully, defensive backs – Fairly early in their career, you tend to see it. And, and I agree with that. They'll self-select in or out of your program. Is that, is that a fair characterization? Yeah, I think so. Maybe more than people realize. Other positions do it as well, or perhaps even more. But uh, I, I would agree with that. The other thing I'm, I'm, I really want to see Texas do with their secondary is increase team speed mm -hmm. back there. Um, not that it's, it's a major... Uh, problem right now i just think they can get faster in the secondary and that will that will help as long as they can keep their their toughness as they go to the sec more speed will definitely help as well because if you have more speed on the corners you can play more guys in the box against those big guys that are going to try to run the ball down your throat uh, all right number one and and this is look this is no suspense to me defensive line paul I need some, we need some war daddies. Uh, and you know what? Texas has a great defensive tackle group this year. Uh, in terms of not just the starters, but depth. We got four guys I, I feel good about, right? Uh, Murphy, Sweat, Collins, and now Trill Carter, who apparently has been showing out pretty well. I still think Trill is going to be our fourth defensive tackle. But fourth defensive tackle is valuable because it means he can play us 20, you know, 25 really hard snaps and – and that's very valuable. Um, and a guy like Murphy or Collins can go, hey, man, I can give it my all. I don't have to save myself for the fourth quarter. 
because another guy's coming in here in a second. Speaking of wrestling, he was going to tag me, and I get to go over the ropes and rest while he beats up my opponent for a couple, you know, for about two minutes. So uh, we want to load up here. I think there's some good good targets. You know what's very intriguing to me, Bobby, and I don't pretend to be Mr. Recruitnik necessarily, but I do like to look at the film, and I do like athletic development as a concept, right, and, and how you achieve maximal athletic ability. But I'm looking at these rankings, and I'm looking at some of the guys on our board, and I'm, I'm not privy to the rest of the country. I haven't watched everyone's film. But I'm seeing a lot of three stars who look like four stars to me. And I, I'm trying to trying to, I'm trying to – understand what's going on there is it me is it them what's happening i think that the so i think the rankings industry in general this is a good question they overrate skill positions yes too many skill position guys at four star and too few linemen on both sides of the ball as four star because ultimately they some way they look better because the guys that everybody is going to know on saturdays are going to be the skill guys yeah I mean, who knew Peter Skaronsky, other than a guy like you and me that follows, you know, the All-American list, and he's at Northwestern in a first-round pick, right? I mean, um, they don't follow that, and so the the I see not just on def not the de not just the defensive front, but the offensive line, the the unsexy players, for example, a guy that's six three, three hundred and twenty pounds. He may not be a four-star. He may play 50 snaps a game, 40 snaps a game, right? Unless he goes to a big program that everybody knows. And uh, so that's my take. And so, you know, look, if you're a defensive lineman getting offered by Texas, A&M, OU, LSU, Florida, Florida State, Alabama, and Georgia, you're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I think you and I see that eye to eye. Well, to reinforce your point, Bobby, I it wasn't this year's list. Maybe it was last year or the year before. I'm not sure. But I counted up the top 25 in the state of Texas. I think 15 of them were wide receivers. That's stupid. If you were, if you were an NFL scout and you brought that into the war room, they would fire you, throw you out, and you'd be blackballed in the, in the league. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you're not making a fantasy football team. So – uh, I do think that there's merit to what you're saying. You know, the guy who makes a bunch of plays and has a bunch of receiving yards, a bunch of touchdowns, it's quantifiable, right? So you can defend that. Whereas, you know, sometimes in high school, you could be an interior defensive lineman in the spread era in the state of Texas, and, and you only have 23 tackles as a senior, and, and they're, you know, and four forced fumbles and four sacks, and they're like, ah, this guy didn't do much. It's like, the ball, it's a three-step drop. But the ball's out on a screen on 80% of the plays, and they only run outside zone. Like, what's he supposed to do? So, yeah, I just think, yeah, I think there's something to that. I think you don't see enough uh, that position. I think they overrate running backs typically yes. um, because there's just not that many uh, elite, elite ones. There's a lot of really, really good ones. Um, and so I, I think that's the issue. Uh, but – in total, the, the bigger piece for me is, as we re related to this discussion, Texas in 2024 needs defensive line the worst. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't matter to me where they're ranked as long as you look at the film, as long as the coaches are the ones that want them. Uh, because I do believe Bo Davis and others on the Texas staff and the, the, you know, based on what we've seen, they deserve the benefit of the doubt at this point. Uh, uh, truly do. I think they've done a nice job. So, 
All right. Uh, special thanks again to Gabe Winslow, our uh, uh, advertiser for the Saturday conversation. Also, thanks to Paul Wadlington, uh, my sidekick on this show. Uh, for Paul, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this week's Saturday conversation on Texas football.